Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Thursday night, April 28th, the first round of the NFL Draft in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada. One of the truly great cities in America. I mean, who, who are we kidding? Uh, incredible night for the draft. Uh, officially, it, it ended. Uh, so now we still got, we got six more rounds. But what a night. We'll obviously hit on the biggest story of the night, which was uh, my former boss, Howard Roseman, making an incredible trade. What a move. <clears throat> Some thoughts on them, the Titans, 
the Cardinals, the Jets, the Giants, bulky. I'll kind of fire through some other stuff in the draft, but pretty incredible night. So I think what we're going to do is probably no Middlecoff mailbag this weekend, but if you want to, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. We usually do on the weekend, but I'll have to save it till next week. We've got too much going on. We'll have more draft talk for the weekend. I'll probably do another podcast after uh, after the second and third round. That's the plan. I think uh, I'm scheduled to go on with on Collins podcast on Sunday. Might also do another little one, and then we'll keep it rolling. But uh, yeah, I mean, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. If you listen through Collins feed, subscribe to my feed. Three and out, greatly appreciated. But let's just dive right in. I I'm hard on people. I'm hard on meatheads. And ultimately, football is a physical game. But the business of football is an intellectual exercise. Smart people run this league. The two best, I would say, most historic coaches, and they were also the GMs, basically, of the last 40 years, are intellectuals. Bill Walsh and Bill Belichick. And the irony of both guys, while Bill being a defensive guy and Walsh being an offensive guy, Walsh's defenses were always awesome. Walsh's second favorite sport, boxing. Tough guy. Obviously, Belichick, intellectual, but is a defensive guy at heart and is, let's face it, known as the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the sport. So you have to have the blend of doing it both when you're a coach. But when you're a GM, ultimately, you don't, you're not talking to the team. I mean, you do. You know the players and stuff, but like you don't address the team during the season. Like You are in charge of building the roster. Free agency of spending the right amount of money on players. And then in the draft, understanding it's an economic exercise. Supply, demand. Howie said this during a press conference during the combine. And it's really stuck with me the last couple months. Every single team in the league has the same amount of money and the same amount of draft capital. We all just choose how we want to allocate it. Just because the Rams never pick doesn't mean they don't have picks. They just use them to trade for veteran players. Just because the Giants and Jets have all these picks, it's because they traded players away, right? So you get to determine, this is not baseball, where the A's and the the Rays and the Orioles, they don't spend any money. And the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants, they got all the cash. In football, if the, if the Bengals want to spend their entire salary cap space, they easily can. They get a check from the, the league. Every single team, in theory, to start, in reality, has a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick. Now, obviously, you get comp picks when guys leave in free agency or now with the minority hiring. But everyone has the same. You just have to determine how you want to allocate it. And the smarter teams historically win because they know how to allocate their resources. Like most in most industries, right? If you're competing against me, the Three and Out podcast, and you have another podcast, well, I got coward behind me. We have some funding, like we have some resources, right? So you have to, it's not it's not might not be fair if you're if you're trying to have a football podcast, just you know in your uh, in your basement, you know you, it's going to be hard for you to beat me. I, I have producer, I got cutting video, I have calling back in this thing. Like it's it's not all equal in the podcast business, but in the National Football League. It literally is all equal. And I saw it firsthand. And Howie has been, I would say, had a polarizing career. But I I knew it very early on. This guy is very, very bright. And he knows how to wheel and deal. 
And I think it's pretty clear over the last several years that he is the best wheeler and dealer currently in the NFL. And his greatest strength is understanding value and knowing what things will cost, knowing who will cost this and what I need to trade for that and how much a free agent. It doesn't mean you're always going to get things right. Like Google and Apple invest in industries. Sometimes they fail. Not every one of their business products or investments work. You're not going to go 100%. This this isn't some simulation. This is reality with real people. And you miss sometimes. But ultimately, Howie, the last couple years, without a quarterback, pivoted away from a guy that he drafted really high that clearly became toxic. And over the last couple years, has built an excellent team. And then tonight, got A.J. Brown. Ended the night with Jordan Davis who has a chance to be one of the best defensive players easily from this draft. He weighs like 340 pounds. He's six foot five. He runs like a 4840. I mean, he's an actual physical freak from one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen. And then he ends with A.J. Brown for the 18th pick. Where I live, Debo Samuel, who has demanded to trade, and clearly the 49ers called their bluff. And I, I said this over and over. If you want to do business in the NFL... You can get traded. And I don't know exactly as of recording this. I haven't seen John Robinson or Mike Vrabel. Them, and I've known John for a long time. Maybe I don't know what they thought of AJ. They clearly liked him. But they ended up having a good move too, right? They didn't want AJ Brown for that money or for whatever reason. And they ended up with the AJ Brown of the draft. Traylon Burks, who was also the guy the 49ers would have wanted if they would have got rid of Debo Samuel. Like that was the target if you were going to place one of these guys with that guy. Like this is what high level people do. And this probably makes sense why the Eagles and the Titans did business here. And this is how you do business at the highest level of industries. You don't go to the public. You don't go, you know, screaming, I want to trade. Just go talk to your general manager and go talk to your agent and get business done behind the scenes. Not everything always has to be public. And how he works in silence and then boom, he has A.J. Brown on his team for the 18th pick and he's under contract for the next five years. Right? He extends them four years, $100 million, $57 million. All those guys, while way more accomplished, they are older. The 28 and 29 year old guys that just got extended. AJ Brown got a lot less money. Now, Howie, who had a wide receiver problem, right? He missed on Jalen Rager. Okay, you pivot. What is Belichick's greatest asset? When he drafts a guy who sucks, he doesn't ride it out. Most GMs ride it out. Why? Because either they're insecure, or they want to be proven right, the best businessmen, and that's ultimately what a GM is, because their draft picks and their free agent signings are their assets, are their acquisitions, are how they're judged in their industry. You can hold on till the end, or you can just pivot. And how he pivoted with A.J. Brown. And here's what the Eagles are now. They are easily the best team that has a questionable quarterback. And when you are that, we've seen the last couple of years, a lot of quarterback movement. They're going to be in a position, if a quarterback becomes available, oh yeah, they also have two first round picks next year. So they're built for the now, they can compete, they just made the playoffs, and they'll be a 9-10 win team. And they got multiple picks to keep getting better as the future goes on. This was, you often hear coaches say this uh, when they take over a Division I Power 5 program. We're not rebuilding, we're reloading. It'll only take us a year to get this thing trained back on the tracks. Everyone thought when they traded... Carson Wentz, that the Eagles were fucked, that they were basically going to become like the Jets or the Giants. Instead, they went nine and eight. And here's the other thing. We often talk about coaches, that, or I mean, general managers. What? How did they draft? Who'd they draft? Who'd they draft? 
And that's rightfully so. We judge a lot. Uh, your resume is based on who you drafted. I would say that the biggest thing, and arguably even bigger than the draft, is who you hire to be your head coach. And last year, they hired Nick Sirianni, which after the first press conference, a lot of people made fun of. And rightfully so. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't great. I mean, it had some Tom Sula vibes. And then it turns out, actually, you know what? He, maybe he just wasn't that comfortable talking. And as, as time went on, he became a lot more comfortable in front of the camera. But do you know the most important thing is, as a head coach, it doesn't matter how good you are in the press conference. Belichick hasn't tried in a press conference in 30 years. Who cares? Nick Sirianni can coach. And he just, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, who, listen, I don't think it's any good. Somehow, they won nine games with. So, incredible night to be an Eagle fan. Weird night for the Titans, but if you're going to pivot, you ended up with the wide receiver that you would want to replace him. So, uh, easily the biggest story of the night. The Arizona Cardinals. Listen, Kyler Murray's drama. There's no way around it. And when you have drama, like, listen, when you have a quarterback, unless you're the Packers, you try to surround them with talent. Of course you do, right? Josh Allen, you went and got Stephon Diggs. Obviously, you had Hill and Kelsey for those guys. You trade for Russell Wilson, you have all the wide receivers. They're always You're, you're always trying to improve the talent around your young quarterback to make them look good. But to trade your first-round pick <clears throat> for Hollywood Brown, to me, is pretty baffling. I don't get it. Just because they played together in college? But I do get it because they're kind of in a pickle. They want no part of paying this guy. Don't blame them. You cannot pay him this offseason. But you also don't want him to not be happy. So you kind of got to fake it. So you're trying to put a Band-Aid over something. And that's why you get Hollywood, one of his buddies from Oklahoma, who is not a bad player. Last year had 90 catches, has been productive, is a talented guy, and has some understandable scheme fit. They lose Christian Kirk, their deep threat. They add Hollywood Brown. But this also feels a little forced, right? He is going to need a new contract relatively soon. And it feels like you're doing this to just because of Kyler Murray, which I don't know. It just feels weird. And the Cardinals got a lot of weird vibes. And it all surrounds around Kyler. Their coach actually turned out to be not bad. Their general manager is pretty damn good. Yet the Kyler Murray situation is like <clears throat> just this thing hanging over them that they don't quite know how to fix. And they're kind of stuck. And I don't know what they do. They're not going to trade him, but they're not going to pay him either. So you could argue this thing is only going to continue to get weird. The Jets and the Giants. I've said for a while, and I think I did something on it the last couple of weeks, is the NFL is so powerful that their biggest market that has two teams that have, I mean, the Giants fan base is enormous. The Jets fan base for being the number two team in the market is also really big. Jets haven't made the playoffs in a decade. The Giants haven't won a playoff game since Eli's last Super Bowl victory over Brady and Belichick. I think they both combined for the two worst records in the league over like the last five years. They haven't just been bad. They've been putrid. They've been an embarrassment. And part of being an embarrassment like as the league, as Roger Goodell, I'd say this about like athletic, or not athletic directors, but like uh, commissioners, like Larry Scott, who was the commissioner of the Pac-12. People hated him. People thought he was the village idiot. In fairness to him, and he was, like, he didn't get how important football was, but he wasn't hiring these terrible coaches. Like, it wasn't his fault that the league was not winning football games. He didn't do a good job promoting it and the TV stuff, and he was too into tennis and softball, but it was not his fault that Clay Helton was the coach at USC. That is not his problem. 
It has not been Roger Goodell and the league's fault that the Giants and Jets suck. That's on John Mara. Keep hiring Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer and Joe Judge and Woody Johnson and his brother or cousin, whoever the hell was running it, hiring Village Idiot 1 and Village Idiot 2. But now it feels like both teams, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, just have some competent people. Are they stars? Time will tell. But every single person, I mean, I can speak for Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. I know a lot of people that worked with Joe Douglas. They love him. He was Howie Roseman's right-hand guy when they won a Super Bowl. Joe Douglas was taught by Ozzie Newsom in the Ravens. He's legit. Robert Sala, is he going to be a great head coach? I don't know. But I think very highly of the guy and the, and the football coach. Brian Dable, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about besides watching him at Buffalo. But Joe Shane, people that I know in the NFL think he is very, very impressive. And the NFL is a business, I'm sure like many industries that we all work in, where you naturally talk shit about other people. I haven't had one person that has been on a school call, that has been around Joe Shane, that doesn't have high-level things to say about him. And I think both New York teams had a really, really impressive night. Because I think the most important thing to do when you suck is to not overthink it. Just get good football players. You don't, like, ideally you'd like to hit home run, but these teams, we're not even talking, we just need to get the train back on the tracks. Dave Gettleman is drafting quarterbacks. He can't even pick up their fifth-year option. He drafted a running back at number two overall. Mike McCagnan, I don't think, knows a defensive tackle from an offensive tackle. Worst general manager, biggest clown ever. Well, I mean, there have been some other ones in the league, but joke, laughing stock in the NFL. Both teams, multiple picks in the top 10, which is pretty crazy, right? The, the Jets had four and 10, and the Giants had five and seven. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. Great great trades by to end up that way, right? And the Jets didn't outthink the room. Maybe they would have taken Stingley. The Texans do. They just take Sauce Gardner. They just take a guy who should be a 10-year starter at corner. And then for whatever reason, I don't know why the Falcons took Drake London. I, I, I root naturally for Pac-12 guys. Garrett Wilson was the best wide receiver in this draft. When you factor in Jameis, Wilson, Jameis Williams has a torn ACL. But to take Drake London over Garrett Wilson, to me, it's embarrassing. What? Are you kidding me? So the Jets just took Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. They just got two legitimate football players. Like, a couple years ago, when Joe Douglas took Mekhi Becton, that was a risky pick. And what's happened since? It's been an up-and-down roller coaster ride. He's not getting roller coaster rides in these two guys. I've watched a lot of Ohio State games the last couple years. I would say the majority of the games, when you turn, when you just ended watching an Ohio State game, you went, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave is the best player on the field. Every fucking game they played. Cincinnati somehow, out of nowhere, became a power who went to a, the playoffs, and their best player was his corner. And they took him. <laughs> like that's, that's just high-level stuff. And then the Giants, who historically, when they were good, when they won multiple Super Bowls with Tom Coughlin, do you know where they dominated? In the trenches. I worked for the Eagles. I saw firsthand that second Super Bowl team. Their defensive line was always enormous. They would walk out, and it would be OC. It would be JPP. It would be, you know, Kiwanuka. It would be it would be all these guys. You'd be like, holy shit. These are the biggest human beings I've ever seen. And then they had offensive line. Sean O'Hara. I can't even think of some of their offense. They, they had really good offensive linemen. They were just big, and they were tough, and they were physical. 
That's where they dominated. It's not like Eli was, they didn't have seven Odell Beckhams back then. Odell Beckham was not on their team. They, they were tough and physical. That is the ethos of the franchise. Think about the Parcells days. Defense, LT, slam down your throat, kick your ass, beat your ass, dominate you. What do they do? They take Kayvon Thibodeau, who is a polarizing player. But here's what I will say about this guy. Blue chip guy. Number one overall recruit. Goes to Oregon with Mario and has a really good career. And they did this once upon a time with JPP and it worked. Now they're different players, but you know what I'm saying. You win with pass rushers. That's how you can still be physical in the NFL. I can't hit you over the middle. I can't hit you at the line of scrimmage as a corner. I can hit you at the line of scrimmage as a defensive lineman. And one thing if you watch Kayvon, and I watch a lot of Pac-12 football, is I, he's not soft. He will play the run. He, he, is, he is not a puss by any means. I think that's a good pick. I think it's going to work there. I also think it's smart because I do think they could have taken him at seven as well. Let's just assume that they like uh, a Quanu more than Evan Neal. And I'm not sure they did, but they wanted to take a Quanu at five and then take Kayvon at seven. I think it's smart to take Kayvon at five because you basically show him like you were our guy. And I think that's important to him, like to be like loved. Mario loved him up and they got him to Oregon. I think he's going to be good. And then taking Evan Neal, who whether he's a tackle, whether he's a guard, he's just a good football player. And that's one thing that the Jets, Wilson, and, and uh, Sauce need some good football players. I think they traded up and they got the Florida State guy as well. I don't know that much about him, but I just know that those guys, the four guys that both teams took in the top 10, those are big-time football players. That's Listen, Kayvon, polarizing player. He can play. He can play. So I give him credit. The NFL Draft is here, and if you've never bet on the NFL before, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot. Because right now, you can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. You get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from, like draft specials, future bets, team win totals, and so much more. We're into the second, third round, the sixth, seventh round, obviously future bets. You can do so much more moving forward this weekend. Bet on the NFL Draft. Just go to FanDuel. The app is so easy to use, and when you win, you'll get paid fast. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Sign up with promo code Colin to bet the NFL risk-free up to $1,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. That's promo code Colin. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FANDUEL.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee, Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. 
Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Let's go with the Jags. I in in a draft that did not have Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa or Miles Garrett or Chase Young 
or Jamar Chase or just some can't-miss all-time player. There is no such thing as, even the guys I just talked to, there's no guarantee that Garrett Wilson or Kayvon Thibodeau or Evan Neal or Sauce Gardner are going to be good football players. This is all educated guesses. I was watching the Warriors game. Uh, I'm recording this. It would have been a Wednesday night, the night that they shut out or they beat the Nuggets 4-1. to Nikola Jokic, I, I don't watch that much Denver Nuggets basketball. He's an incredible basketball player. I've been watching the NBA for almost 30 years now. He's one of the most unique big men I've ever seen. He is, it's in, I, I, even Draymond after the game, who loves to podcast, I mean, clinched the game, told the media, I'm not going to tell you much because I'm going to go home and I'm going to say it on my podcast. Draymond Green is a passionate podcaster. I mean, and even he said that he told he went up to Jokic and, and hugged him and thanked him for making him a better player. And Draymond is not some kiss-ass guy. Like, you got to be legit for him to respect you. Jokic is just an all-time great player. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to win back-to-back MVPs. He was the 41st pick in the draft in the NBA. If you're the 41st pick in the NBA, that might as well be like a seventh-round pick, sixth-round pick. So there is no guarantee that any of these guys, there is no such thing as can't miss. So if I'm going to get up to the plate, and I listen, I see it with Farhan, who runs the Giants. I've watched Billy Bean forever. I follow the Dodgers closely. Do you know that the analytical guys in baseball believe they would rather have a walk, a home run, or a strikeout than like a double and then no runs. They want, they're always swinging for the fences. They, they value, they, they, don't, they don't mind strikeouts as long as you hit 35 home runs. It's no different in basketball. They don't want you to shoot twos anymore. They want you to shoot threes. They value something bigger than something smaller. It's just basic math. So, Aiden Hutchinson, there's no guarantee he's not a Bosa brother. He has short little arms. Now, I think Aiden Hutchinson watching him play at Michigan is a good player. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. That's what I think, but I didn't think Jalen Hurts could be any good. He's not bad. I thought certain guys, you know, you, just, you never know. So, I have no problem with Trent Baalke getting in the plate and going, you know what, instead of just hitting a double, which I could get thrown out at second, I'm going to take a swing and I'm going to tr- try to hit a home run. I'm you, you know when venture capitalists when they give out 500 million dollars. They give every you know they give all these different companies 50, 75, 100 million dollars, let's say. They're hoping to hit one Facebook, Google or Uber and 50x their money. They don't mind if of that 500 million dollars, they lose 400 of it to get 7 billion back. I like that mindset. Because you know what? In life, I said this with Howie, you're going to miss some picks. You're going to get some things wrong. You're going to date some people that you end up not liking. Like You're not always going to win. You're not always going to be on the right side. So you might as well go for broke. And the other thing is, you already have your quarterback. So there wasn't some can't-miss all-time left tackle in this draft. Part of the reason that they franchised and then extended Cam Robinson. I don't know that much about Trayvon Walker. Obviously, his stats speak for themselves. He's not a very productive player. His physical attributes speak for themselves. He's a freak. On, I don't know, one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen in the history of college football. I think five of their front seven players got drafted in the first fucking round. Now, was he the best guy on that defense? He was not. The best guy on the defense, if you watch them play, was N'Kobe Dean, who I don't even think was drafted. So, it, 
I, I understand the logic and the mindset. Is it is it going to work? I don't know. Probably wouldn't. History would say 50-50 chance. But this is a guy who has been in a position. He avoided, you know, at the time, J.J. Watt was a lot safer pick than Alden Smith. Now, no one knew that J.J. Watt was going to become a first ballot Hall of Famer and a three-time defensive player of the year. But at the time, people thought like he was going to be a solid NFL player. Alden Smith was risk versus reward. Now, Alden Smith, the person, turned out to be a disaster. Got arrested like every other day by his like fourth year in the league. But for the first three years in the league, no one had ever had more sacks in NFL history through that time period. He was, I remember going to games thinking like, is this serious? Like, who's blocking this guy? And then I remember going to Niner practice, walking by him and going, I get it. I understand. Because when you go see someone who is 6'5", with long arms, physically moves, and Aiden Hutchinson is a good athlete, but the arm length things scares off true scouts and true football people. You know why? It matters. You know when you watch a boxing match? We don't have as many of them anymore. We actually, I bet more you, we have more UFC fans that listen to this than boxing fans. Why? And I'm not some huge, I respect the shit out of UFC boxing, but I, I wouldn't call myself like uh, Chris Mannix here. I'm not Joe Rogan. But I, I appreciate just the sport of it. And I appreciate like when you, two guys are walking in the ring and we show their measurables, right? Their height, weight, and their reach. Because if I can hit you and you can't hit me, advantage me. Well, what is playing offense or defensive line, especially ends and offensive tackles? It's basically a hand fight, right? Can I grab you before you can grab me? And Aiden Hutchinson's short arms scared Balky off. If Aiden Hutchinson had had 35-inch arms, to me, he would have been the no-brainer pick. It wouldn't have been worth it trying to outthink the room here. But he didn't. They were short. So he said, you know what? Screw it. I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. Is it guaranteed to work? Of course not. But you get a guy into a scheme where you let him just probably just get up field, be aggressive. You don't have to two-gap. You just get to run after the quarterback. It's what Alden Smith did, and he started kicking everyone's ass. Now, one thing Alden Smith really benefited for from Vic Fangio was his defensive coordinator. So who your coach matters? I, I don't even have the Jags defensive coordinator. On, I have. I don't want to type it in. I don't want to waste our time, but it ain't Vic Fangio. So who his coach is going to matter? A lot of pressure on that defensive coordinator. Let's just fly around some other stuff. I, I guess it was a little shocking that Derek Stingley went went two, or excuse me, three to the Texans, but kind of like Trent Baalke. I like that mindset. Try to hit a home run. Try to draft a star. Like, th- this is not a draft. There are no guarantees, right? The next pick was sauce. So I- I'd rather, if I was the Texans, take a shot. The Jets, like the Texans have so many picks coming up. The Jets need to just be competitive. This is going to be solid second year. Joe Douglas now been there three years. Like they, they just need to kind of get some stuff going here. One thing with the Steelers, they took Kenny Pickett. And I get that you share a stadium with them, so you get to know him. I've heard Kenny Pickett's a great guy, good character guy, which is a big deal with quarterbacks. And I understand that he played in Pittsburgh, which you know is a cold-weather place, but they don't play in December and January in college football. So he doesn't play in those games. And let's face it, the ACC stinks. It's terrible. 
And this year, which was his only good year, Clemson, I mean, was down for their standards. They were 9-3. and Miami, Florida State were a joke. It's not very good. I don't like that pick at all. And I, I just, I have a hard time seeing Kenny Pickett being a good stealer. Could be wrong, because historically, they draft well. They know what they're doing. But here's what I would say. They draft position players well. TJ Watt, Juju Smith, Najee Harris, like they're good at doing all that stuff. Uh, Devin Bush, like they can they they can trade for Mika Fitzpatrick. They get it. Beside Ben Roethlisberger, they have been drafting quarterbacks now for the last several years. Kevin Colbert, he's he, he's whiffed on them all. Dobbs, Tennessee, awful. Mason Rudolph, worse. Kenny Pickett, like I, I just I don't see it. And I get it. You need a quarterback, but I hate forcing that. It's why I respect so many teams in this draft. Everyone, how many quarterbacks can go? Three or four. How many quarterbacks can go? One went. One. And if Kenny Pickett hadn't gone, I don't know if a quarterback goes. This quarterback draft wasn't bad. It was awful. None of these guys are starters. Hell, Kenny Pickett's not going to beat out Mitch Trubisky. Kenny Pickett's not as talented as Mitch Trubisky. Now, he's probably a little more accurate, but I I, I don't see it. Now, I, I, I get it. You you get you feel like you got to do something, but I don't know, man. I I I don't love that really at all, to be honest with you, because I think a lot of people thought the Saints when they traded up. And here's the problem: sometimes you think you're closer than you are. We talk a lot about having self awareness, having an understanding of where you're at. I would say physically, professionally, in a relationship, like it's it's always good. Sometimes being in denial can help you in life, right? Just keep your head down. You don't want to get distracted. But there there comes a time where you just need to face the facts and face reality. Why do the Saints think they're so close? I, I don't get it. I know I've had some Saints fans DM me like, we were 5-2 and two with Jameis. Well, yeah, Sean Payton, who was a $15 million coach, now is about to work for Fox. You don't have him anymore. You have Dennis Allen, who I, I saw Dennis Allen coach for the Raiders. Now, wasn't all his fault. Team was pretty terrible, but to me, Dennis Allen, when I, I've met him, I've seen him coach, I, I do not think head coach. And there's nothing wrong with being a number two in the NFL. He was making probably $3 million to be the defensive coordinator for the Saints. But they, they trade with the Eagles, they give him next year's first round pick, and they end up with Chris Olave. I it just, I, I don't know. I, I feel Jameis throwing picks trying to throw it at Chris Olave. That's when I close my eyes, that's what I envision. I also think the Lions, who traded, I, I don't understand Minnesota, 32 to 12, and they didn't get next year's one. They got like a third and a fourth. Maybe it was like a, they like swapped second round picks and they got a third. I, I just, I don't quite get why Minnesota didn't get more. Like, that's a pretty long jump, 32 to 12. And I understand the Lions trying to get really good players. But Jared Goff and Jamison Williams feel a little like oil and water. I don't know if that's a great fit, but Jamison Williams is a really good football player, so I can't hate on them. Like You ended up getting Hutchinson, who I, I, I'm a little nervous. We'll see what the arm length. And Jamison Williams, like that's a pretty good day. The Ravens just had a very Ravens-like draft. I said this a couple days ago. Drake London would have ran a 4-6, maybe a 4-6-5. You think if Jake London ran a 4.65, he goes eighth overall? I'll tell you, he does not. No chance. That's not the way it works. Google how many wide receivers have ever ran a 4.6 and gone in the top 10. I'll tell you, you don't need to. It doesn't happen. Well, he didn't run. He ended up going eight. 
Kyle Hamilton ran twice, ends up going 14. And if you're watching, I was watching NFL Network, he didn't look happy. And I don't blame him. Because I bet Kyle Hamilton, for the last couple years, thought, I'm one of the best players in the country. And then all season up until he gets hurt for Notre Dame, he's kicking ass, taking names. He's easily one of the best players in the country. He makes week after week, play after play, you're like, I don't know what this is, but this is an NFL stud. This guy is going to be a star in the NFL. And then, because of the draft process, he ran. Because most guys run. And it backfired on him. He did not run fast. And then he he fell deeply in the... I mean, 14 for a guy that I thought was, at one point in time, was going to compete to go in the top five. I thought before, if 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 Kyle Hamilton ran a 4-4-8, I think there's a chance where Stingley and Sauce goes, he goes to one of those two spots. He's that good on tape. But he runs slow, and then he ends up going 14. Well, who benefits? The Ravens. And what happens to the Ravens? They get rid of Hollywood Brown, someone that they feel like they've never loved since taking him 25 overall several years ago. And they end up with Kyle freaking Hamilton. To me, the two guys who feel like Ravens or feel like Steelers were Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton. And one of them now is on the Ravens. And then the Ravens kind of wheel and deal, and they also end up with a center, the Lindenbaum guy, the center from Iowa. That's just a very Ravensy draft. End up with a stud safety and a center. High-level stuff. Uh, I also thought the Chiefs. Trent McDuffie, to me, the corner from Washington, who is a stud, and he's also a really good guy. And I think one thing the Chiefs have shown, that they balance well, and Andy's always done this, because he'll take some flyers on personalities, which you have to. Moose Johnson told me one time when I was hosting a radio show, he used to come on during the football season. He was an excellent guest. And he said the one thing that Jimmy Johnson taught him when he was in Dallas is to build a football team, you need two things. You need players of character, and you need characters that can play. You cannot have a team full of choir boys, but you also can't have a team full of convicts. You got to balance it out. And I think that Andy's always struck the perfect balance. Because you know what? Sometimes the best players are going to have some shit on their resume that you don't love. But you also need to get some high-level guys on the team. And the Chiefs are lucky now. They got Kelsey, Mahomes. They got some high-level guys. Frank Clark's still around. You know, not an ideal guy. But Trent McDuffie, A-plus character. I would say like A-minus, B-plus player. And Ch- uh, Tredavious, uh, well, I can't even think of the guy, Ward, who, uh, Chardavious Ward, who the 49ers signed in free agency who was a really good player for them. They need a cornerback. And boom, they get the Washington corner. Like, pretty seamless transition to get a good player. And I think they also drafted uh, with the with the Miami pick that they got from, uh, from uh, the Tyreek Hill trade, the pass rusher from Purdue, which i I be honest, I don't know much about, but I'll give Veach the benefit of the doubt. He's pretty good at knowing talent. But to me, McDuffie, no-brainer pick. That's an easy one. Get a high-level guy, good defensive, plug-and-play starter. One question we have is the Packers. Uh, They did not take a wide receiver. Now, unlike when they took Jordan Love and T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, a ton of good players were on the board, a lot of the wide receivers had gone, right? Basically, all the wide receivers, the sweet ones, were off the board by about the Titans pick when they traded with the Eagles. 
right? Burks, Dotson was gone. Uh, Jamison Williams gone. Alave was gone. Wilson was gone. London was gone. How many how many receivers are that? Like six? So in theory, we're like, oh, they're going to get one of those guys. They were all off the board. And this is why I said when you traded Devontae Adams, which I think it's insane that they traded Devontae Adams for pick 22. Ultimately, the Packers drafted Quay Walker. Good player. Starter for Georgia. Stud. But Devontae Adams, one of the greatest receivers like we've seen in like decades. And they traded him for Quay Walker in a second round pick. And you don't, when you're not drafting really high, you don't control who's going to be on the board unless you want to trade up. And let's face it, that doesn't really feel like Gudikin style. So he waits to see how everything shakes out. And unlike when he screwed up with a Jordan Love pick and he could have taken Ayuk or Higgins or whatever, there were no sweet wide receivers for him to take. And this is not a draft with like some sweet first round tight end either. It's a bad tight end draft. So what do they do? Now, the internet's just crushing them. Think Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off. Immediately, I go to the interweb, YouTube, and I see Pat McAfee has 125,000 people watching. I love how the media game's changed. I mean, that's deep down, it's got to hurt a lot of like old school traditionalists. Like he can just get 120,000. I'm like, yeah, I, I even thought like that's a lot of people watching at 8.30 at night, my time. So for him, he lives in India. That's, you know, 11.30 at night. And I click on, well, Aaron Rodgers is on with him. And I'm like, oh, this is I'll watch for like five minutes, see what he's saying. Aaron was happy. And I think we put thoughts in Aaron's head. One thing Aaron mentioned multiple times is like a majority of the core guys that I've played with over the years and had success with and won with have not been first round picks. I have faith in that these guys can build the team. Like ultimately, we can nitpick their wide receiver situation. And I'll be honest, it's not great on paper. It's actually a disaster on paper. But part of the reason you pay a guy $50 million is he elevates the group, right? Part of the reason you pay Giannis or Steph Curry or LeBron $45 million is they elevate. Do you know where you get screwed in the NBA? When you pay James Harden $43 million and you get throttled when it matters. When you max out a non-max player in pro sports, especially in basketball and football where there's a salary cap, you're fucked. Well, when I max out Aaron Rodgers, if I put Lazard or MBS over the last three years on like Jacksonville or Houston, you wouldn't even know who they are. But I give Pringles and those type guys to Mahomes, to Josh Allens, to Rodgers, to Russell Wilson, they become really good players. So there are going to be guys on that roster that we don't know that will probably be better than you think. And they'll draft a guy surely in the second or third round, a skill guy, and he'll be better than you think. That's part of having Aaron Rodgers. Now, is it risky? Yes. Does it hurt their ability to win a Super Bowl? For sure. But they're going to be good. They're going to make the playoffs. Now, can they... Like last year, they were the number one overall seed. It was shocking that the 49ers beat them. I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. I do not view them like that. Now, ultimately, I know Colin talks... Does Aaron even care? Is he just cool with making $50 million, winning 11 games, and getting knocked out in the first round? Maybe. But I also think, you know, you got to... Aaron's not going to watch every guy in the draft. Of course, Aaron wants a wide receiver. Well, who's available? What do we have to trade? Now, you could argue, should you just operate like the Rams? Should they have traded up and gotten Jameis Williams? Should they have taken both those picks and went up and got Chris Olave or Jameis Williams? You could make that argument. And I could say, yeah, not crazy. And if you gave Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jameis Williams, one of those guys, obviously Jameis is a... 
uh, Jameson has a torn ACL, but he'll be back, so he wouldn't be able to practice with Aaron. So it might be more realistic to Alave or Wilson. Like, should should you have done something like that? Maybe, but it's easy to say. It's another thing. Well, what if both these guys may have one of the better defenses in the league? I, I'm just trying to understand both sides because I think it's so easy for everyone to shit on everyone and just say these guys are village idiots. Like, I'll, I'll give Brian Gudikins credit. I've watched him be a GM now for three and a half years. He's good. He screwed up on Jordan Love. That was a bad pick. But we've talked about it at the time. Aaron Rodgers did not play that well. Brian Gudikins also hired Matt LaFleur, who's also been good. Like, they know what they're doing. I, 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 I'm impressed. You're not going to hit on every pick. Did this draft shake out for them? No, it did not. Uh, defensively, it did. But obviously, offensively, could they have used one of these guys? Of course they could have. But they were drafting way far down. And I, I just, you know, now the Packers just, I mean, it's just going to be a huge conversation. But watching Aaron with Pat, I don't think he's freaking out like most probably fans are freaking out or people on the internet are freaking out. And, and honestly, maybe he doesn't care that much. I also think it shows you, man, we, we love quarterback inflation was real. You cannot win in the NFL without a quarterback. Like it's obviously, John, why, why do you even say that? We know. But I think we've tried to force all these quarterbacks every year. Last year, like, Trevor Lawrence can't miss guy. Like, listen, Trey Lance has a long way to go. I- I've seen him enough at practice to go. The-, the guy was top five pick in any draft. Zach Wilson, I'm not the biggest fan, but his one year, I get it. He is very, very physically gifted. Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett can't hold Mac Jones' jock. Justin Fields was a big-time prospect. This draft... This notion that quarterbacks and all these quarterbacks have to go in the first round, we've seen how that's worked out for several years now. Sam Darnold's and the Josh Rosen's. and like No, you don't have to overdraft guys. And we've seen it at earlier in the decade with the Sam Ponder's husband and Blaine Gabbert's and you know, Jake Lockers and th- those type guys. If a guy's not a first-round quarterback, he's not a first-round quarterback. It's that simple. Like, this is an economic exercise. Jimmy Garoppolo, Andy Dalton, Derek Hart, those guys went in the second round. <clears throat> and rightfully so. And you get really good Dak Prescott when you draft a guy like that in the second round. But at the time, Jimmy Garoppolo should not have been a first-round pick. Dak Prescott probably fell a little bit because he got a DUI right before the draft. Dak Prescott shouldn't have been a top-50 pick. Now, it's turned out he's a really good starting quarterback. But that what you become in the NFL is not what you were at the point of purchase. We, we do this exercise a lot with homes, right? You bought a home five years ago for 700 grand. Well, right now it's worth 1.9. Well, you wouldn't have paid 1.9 for it five years ago because it was worth $700,000. So yeah, in 2022, as you're laying in bed, your house is doubled in value, more than doubled, two, two and a half X. Dak Prescott was one of the great picks Jerry Jones ever had. He's got a starting quarterback for a decade in the fourth round. But at the time when he drafted him, proper price. He paid the correct price for the player. And I think we have to look at quarterbacks like that. These guys' value, trying to force these guys in the first round was just insanity. They, they, they weren't first-round players. I, Kenny Pickett, to me, was not a first-round player. I get it. The Steelers need a quarterback. But, like, they went from Roethlis- Roethlisberger for 17 or 18 years. You ever fucking walk by Roethlisberger? He looks like Shaq. Like a white Shaquille O'Neal. He's enormous. And before he got old, he was awesome. I, I can't imagine. I get it. Like, you don't just go to get to go from Roethlisberger to another Roethlisberger, but 
I would have a hard time just like taking some random just because I thought we needed a quarterback. I don't know, man. Well, what a night. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go sleep. Hopefully you feel good about your team's pick. And even if you don't, that guy might turn out to be sweet. And the guy that you wanted might turn out to suck. That's the great part about the draft. You really have no clue what's coming. Uh, What a night. What a night. See you guys again in a couple days. Maybe a day. Saturday morning. Three and out feed. Be up again. Adios. Good night. Peace. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel every weekday. Our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast, only on the Volumes Podcast Network. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details.